Happy Friday morning, Kyle. Here we are again. Another day, another podcast. Not that we do podcasts every day. I only mean that it's another day and we're doing another podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I think I understand what you're saying, Stephen, and, and you're right. It is another day and it's also a beautiful and sunny one. And I was just sitting here in the sunshine, you know, feeling all warm and fuzzy and thinking to myself, what if there was a way to harness the power of the sun? What if there was a way to convert photons into electrons and I don't know, maybe power my house? Oh, Kyle, you're, you are not going to believe this. But our guests today are folks who can actually tell us what the sun is good for outside of photosynthesis and a glorious farmer's tan. Or, or maybe, wait, maybe you're more of a Speedo guy. Is that I, right? I am, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So our guests today are uh, Jen Thurman and Greg Lexan. Uh, they are solar industry experts and advocates. And we're, we're going to discuss with them today the what, why, and how of residential solar. Uh, gentlemen, would you mind sharing with us why the sun is so important to you and the journey that you've been on working to harness and exploit the practically infinite spherical reservoir of energy that we call the sun? <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for having us. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on this podcast. As you mentioned, uh, glorious, beautiful, sunny day today. So, so it's not surprising on this sunny, beautiful, sunny day that you would be thinking about that. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to be here talking to you guys about solar, especially because not only does it save homeowners green in their pocketbook, it's also going to save green as far as going green and taking care of the environment on this, uh, this beautiful spherical world that we call home. So as far as the benefits of solar or how it works, you're absolutely right. We're taking photons from the sun. Those are hitting our solar panels and it's converting those that light energy or photons into direct current by exciting those electrons in the panels. Uh, the direct current then gets converted into alternating current, which is AC, and that's actually what we use to power everything that we use. So we're actually directly taking sunlight and using our solar arrays and our solar panels to convert that into the energy that you use to charge your phone, to turn the lights on, and to watch TV. I guess what questions do you have about, about solar and um, how that kind of process works that we can help you better understand and make it make it simple for you? Yeah, well, it, you know, it seems like a, it really does, you're talking about, you know, being green. There's two ways that it, it goes, it helps us go green. It helps us save money in the, in the long run. And it also uh, helps the environment it, in that regard. It seems like it's a no brainer, but why is it that we're, why, why is it that we're hesitant to, to add solar, a solar situation to our uh, homes? Well, I feel like the biggest hesitation in this part of the country is that it's a, it's a relatively, it's considered a relatively new technology and it's a, a new idea which is could not be further from the truth. Solar panels have actually been installed uh, for you know decades. It's just now that the electric prices are rising, the technology in solar is improving, and the cost to actually go solar has, has decreased dramatically over the past couple of years. So you can see instant savings just by putting panels up on your roof. And not only is it gonna save you, you know, immediately, it's a long-term investment as well. So we found that putting solar on your on your roof can 
you know, benefits you financially from anywhere from three to four times the cost of the panels over a 25 year period. So if you look at it that way, you're essentially levelizing the cost of your electricity. Not only are you levelizing the cost of your electricity, but you're also owning it, you know, for, for as long as electricity has existed, humanity has been conditioned to pay their electric bill month after month because they didn't think that there was an alternative. For the first time in a very long time, you have an option to own your power and be your own power generator for your home and really localize the energy market. That is what we call democratizing your energy because you're giving people a choice as to what they can do and where they can get their electricity. And you know, we think that that, that freedom you know, our, the name of our company is solar is freedom. And that's what we think freedom means. So I guess there is a, an economic, uh, perspective to this that, that you can take, but there's also an environmental, uh, perspective. And for some people it's more about saving money or more about, um, you know, just being off the grid, but there is a definite economic or an environmental piece in addition to the economic piece. Would you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, the current energy market relies heavily on two main fossil fuels, both of those being coal and natural gas. Now, the issue with that is that's a finite resource. You know, there's only so much coal in the ground. There's only so much natural gas in the ground. And once we use all that up, we got to start looking elsewhere uh, to find more. Um, it's not a very sustainable method. It is what we've been doing since the dawn of electricity. But we've gotten to the point where those resources are becoming much more scarce and harder to find. You know, translate that or, or flip that on the other side. You think of, well, that's a non-renewable resource. What if we could find a way to generate electricity from a renewable resource that doesn't have any detrimental effect on our ozone or our atmosphere or our coral reefs? And first thing you think of is like, well, we've got a giant nuclear mass full of energy up in the sky that rises every single day. If we could find a way to harness that and create no pollution whatsoever, we think that that would be a good idea. So it was actually, I believe... Thomas Edison, who was the first person that ever experienced, or I'm sorry, experimented with the photovoltaic effect as far as using light energy to create energy uh, that can be used elsewhere. Now, obviously, he didn't have the technology that we do today, but just that idea that, hey, we can harness some of this and use it, and it's a renewable resource that has no impact on our environment. It's just, it's a long-term solution to a very serious problem that we're experiencing right now in our in our environment and in our in our economy. So we think that one is renewable, so you're we're never going to run out of it. Two, it's eco-friendly because it doesn't create any you know CO2 or methane gas as a byproduct like your non-renewable fossil fuels, and it's more affordable these days than it is to stay with your utility company. So put all those together, it kind of just makes sense. So let's talk about that economic piece for, for a long time. You know, I've been interested in solar for, I'd say, probably 10 years, but it never felt within reach uh, financially. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty good sum of money to put some solar panels on the roof. And even though in the long run, 
it may actually benefit us, you know, for, for canceling out our electric bill. It was a, a, a big chunk of change on the front end. Tell us a little bit about how it's more affordable and more accessible to the average person like Kyle Vath. Well, in the past, solar had been seen as a luxury. It costs more to install the panels than it did to pay your electric bill. So most homeowners thought, yeah, we understand that there's an environmental benefit, but it doesn't make sense for our pocketbooks. And, you know, that to some people, that's still the case today. That being said, Kyle, I have one question for you. You own your home, obviously. Have you ever rented? Uh, Yes. Okay. So why did you decide to buy a home instead of renting your home? Well, it's my own, you know, I would own it. I can do what I want to it and it builds equity. Those are the the main reasons. It builds equity, ownership, you know, the pride of owning something. And uh, obviously at the end of your mortgage, what happens? You own your home. You have no more mortgage payments. That house belongs to you and only you. It's the same kind of concept when it comes to solar, where right now when you're paying your electric bill, you're renting, you know, in a sense, your electricity from the monopoly that is Duke Energy. When you go solar, you're owning your electricity, meaning you own those panels, you own your power. What is being produced for you is yours. So that's kind of the rent versus owning. You know, there's a lot of financial benefits in owning a home versus renting. First and foremost, the ownership, the equity aspect. Second of all, you're not subject to rate increases. You know, the cost of rent can go up as quickly as your landlord decides they want to charge you more. Your mortgage payment is never going to stay the same. It's at a fixed rate until you pay that thing off. So that's kind of the comparison we like to make because uh, most homeowners or most of the people we talk to are homeowners and they can kind of get that comparison. It's like, you know what? That does make sense. I want to own my home. I want that equity. I want that fixed payment and I want an end date on that payment. Absolute. Same thing goes for solar. So let me turn the questions to my co-host, Stephen. In full disclosure, uh, Stephen has been working with Solar is Freedom personally. And Stephen, I would love to hear your story about what uh, your journey was to deciding you wanted solar on your roof and uh, what that looks like today now that you've got photons turning to electrons on top of your roof. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think for the past few years, um, this has been on my mind. I've looked into it off and on for, uh, like I said, a few years. And I just, the, the, the company as I was looking through, they were, I think what they were selling me was, was more than really what I needed. Uh, the the price was truly exorbitant. I, I felt like at the time. And, and then I, finally uh came across solar is freedom uh in, in the last year and spoke with jan and he kind of we kind of went through some things and he kind of spelled it all out for me in a way that that made sense and he he wasn't pie in the sky he, he was very realistic about um what it what it could do for me and i, I was already well aware of what it could do for the world but it kind of took me a little bit to um i just i sat on it for a while and then uh I visited, um, I went out of the country, uh, last, this past summer, I went out of the country and was visiting some beautiful places and seeing the efforts that were being undertaken, um, to preserve rainforests and, 
and sea life and, and this sort of thing. And it really just kind of hit home that like, you know, I really, really do need to, uh, I need to do something here. I need to be proactive on this front, you know, even though it, the cost may seem a little high at first, I think in the long run, um, it's a, it's a worthwhile investment, you know, just thinking about my children, my children's children, my children's children's children, you know, <laughs> for multiple generations. So, yeah, and now we have uh, solar panels on our house, and um, it's a it's a good looking installation, good looking panels, and we're ready to start uh, put to doing something with those photons instead of just letting them uh, hit my hit my farm hit my hit my body and create a farmer's tan. So, <laughs> so you decided to pull the trigger and you know mm. purchase these and uh, you know schedule a date. What were kind of the steps along the way that that you had to walk through to um, get those solar panels on your roof and uh, you know actually start getting the meter turning the other way? You know, uh, this might be uh, Jan. If you would like to um, pop in here, you know, you can kind of talk about the process, what that looks like when someone uh, you know says, "Hey, I'm kind of interested," and then you you give them a call and you know talk about what it is they're wanting. Is that something you? you sure. Yeah, I just. I wish everyone's process included traveling in, in South America and then, uh, you know, coming back all relaxed and ready to go. Um, now Steven and I talked quite, quite some time ago and yeah, you know, it is on me to set the appropriate expectations for the system. Um, as he kind of said, uh, our first, uh, you know, consultation is very simple. It's just a quick 15 minute phone call just to determine if it, it would in fact make sense for your situation, how we could save you money. I gather a little bit of information, share a little bit, and then I submit that to my design team. So our design engineers will put together uh, a customized proposal for folks that is matched to their home, their electricity usage, and sort of the goals that we talk about You know, on that first call. Um, then when we meet back up, we schedule a follow-up, uh, you know, and we go over the proposal, um, a short conversational presentation, and then a review of the proposal. Um, and, you know, for Steven, you know, he, he sat on it for some time to think about it, but, you know, he, he got back to me and, and moved forward with it. So basically, uh, those willing to move forward, then, yeah, we just, we just schedule an inspection where a field employee comes out, looks at everything, make sure that we do have it down as we presume that we do with our preliminary analysis. Um, and then we have a full team of people uh, on the back end that are salaried and trained employees uh, that help with like paperwork with any sort of jurisdiction, certainly with Duke Energy interconnection with the utility company. We're also licensed in all three states, Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. So we do work with other utilities, but obviously Duke is the major one uh, in the city. Um, yeah, we take care of everything, make sure that everything is permissible, not going to create any kind of a, a code violation headache, you know, down the road or anything like that. And then we, you know, move folks over to the installation schedule and on install day. Um, yeah, uh, sometimes if it's, if it's a modest sized uh, array and uh, we can schedule the panel installation and the electrical connection same day. Occasionally we are able to get it done in a day. In general, it takes just a couple days, uh, depending on what the particular uh, circumstance is. And um yeah, from there, um, your utility company, you know, Duke, and in, in this case for the city, uh, comes out within a couple of business days after that to switch out your meter. 
uh, to one that spins both ways. And um, yeah, you're you're ready to go. You're up and running on solar, and you have monitoring uh, to check uh, the system whenever you'd like to or feel like you need to. Um, that's available to you. And there's no batteries involved, right? It's just all on grid. It's it's different than an off grid type of solar array, correct? Yeah, I mean, due to the regulations of Duke where we sit, Duke, which was once Synergy, which was once CG&E, you know, they've had a monopoly for over a century. So because of where your house sits, you can't, you can't go off grid. You know, that's, uh, that's sort of been a loop. That would be not, not possible, um, you know, in the city. So um, luckily, Duke has what's called net energy metering. So they also have a buyback for your overproduction that is at full retail. It is what we call true one-to-one net metering. So at any given moment where your solar system is producing more power than what the home is using, you would actually push energy back through the meter and spin the meter backward and build credit. So essentially, you can use Duke as your battery or as your bank account, however you'd like to look at it. You know, you can kind of make deposits and then you can, you know, you can make withdrawals at any given moment where, you know, the system is not producing what the house needs, you know, obviously at night um, and perhaps on rainy, cloudy days. So really, we like it grid tied because then you have the reliability of being tied to the grid, you know, no matter what it's, you know, and your power is seamless. It's not like the the lights flicker if it switches between, you know, solar and, uh, and Duke. Um, and then, yeah, you just make as much as makes sense uh, for your roof. And that's kind of how that shakes out for everybody is, you know, part of the analysis. And that's why we, uh, you know, run the numbers and then show it to folks. And what's the lifespan for a solar panel right now? When, when will Steven need to replace what he's got on his roof right now? Sure. So you have a full warranty for 25 years covering everything, product performance and labor, um, you know, any component of the system. But the usable lifespan of this new panel that we are installing is 30 to 40 years. Now, of course, the sun will begin to start to get to it as far as degradation goes. Certainly by year 30, it's going to begin to degrade at a certain percentage every year. But you're under full warranty for 25. Um, so, but they will actually last longer. And what percentage efficiency will that maintain throughout that time? Or when does it start to kind of lose some efficiency? Sure. So there is a, a small amount of degradation, um, you know, that happens during the lifespan of the solar system. So our panels are warranted on performance, which has to do with this degradation. So our panels cannot degrade uh, lower than a certain, you know, percentage, or you would actually get a new panel while you're in warranty. So our panels are, are guaranteed to produce more than 90% of what they produced when they get installed at year 25. Um, so, it's a very low degradation rate. You know, so it's one of the, right. the, the best sun degradation rates that I've really ever seen for, for a solar panel. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the, uh, you're talking about the, uh, the installation itself, uh, the, on installation day, you know, my, I think mine took just over, over a day, just over a day. It was like a long day and then uh, maybe an hour or two, one morning. And it was, it was all installed and complete. And, you know, in the, of course my system wasn't very big, but it, uh, and, and and honestly, the my tree profile wasn't wasn't the most optimal as well. But y'all were willing to work with me and, and did a good job. Um, pardon the pun, but uh, 
I was kind of, I'm kind of wondering about, if, you know, if there's a dark side of solar array systems. You know, there, a lot of, uh, you know, folks who are more suspicious will will come sometimes, um, you know, say things like, well, you know, they're they're unre- solar panels are unreliable or they'll hurt our home's resale value. Uh, what else? Um, solar panels cause cancer. I, you know, I've seen that uh, on on the on the interweb. Uh, what are there? Are any of these dark dark sides actually true, or 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 are these some myths that you can debunk for us? Stephen, I'd I'd love to chime in there. I think the first one, um, first one you said that solar panels. What, what was the first one that you mentioned there? Uh, weren't reliable. Yeah. Solar panels were not reliable. Okay, <laughs> um, that's that's an interesting one because. I mean, as long as there's no issues with the system, then every time the sun comes up, those panels are pumping out power. Uh, Jan alluded to some of the monitoring aspects that uh, you will have available to you, but also our engineers have available to us. So we actually, as part of our warranty, monitor your system for you three times a week to make sure that it's, it's not registering any issues or not putting out any errors or underproducing or anything of that nature. So from a reliability standpoint, it really depends on who uh, who installs them and, and what kind of setup you get. I can certainly think of uh, a couple potential issues that would rise if you use the wrong inverter or you don't tie it into the panel correctly. But as long as everything is installed properly, then you have no reason to worry about the panel's reliability to put out power. Uh, I think the second thing he said was was regarding resale value. And uh, you, you couldn't be more wrong, actually. Uh, NAB, or what was it Lawrence Berkeley Labs out in California? They did a national study about what solar panels actually do to the value of a home. And they found that you can add anywhere from three to four dollars per watt to the value of your home and reasonably be able to sell your home at that you know premium price. So just putting that as a uh, some numbers on that. If you got an average size system, let's say 5,000 watts to use easy numbers, you could expect 15 to $20,000 in added resale value if you were ever to sell your home with solar compared to your home's appraisal value without solar. Now, obviously it depends on the buyer, but if you're selling a home, then you tell the homeowner, hey, you don't have to pay your electric bill because you've already got solar. I think that that would be a pretty good selling point. Um, especially in now's now's day and age when uh, uh, the housing market is kind of all over the place, it's uh, it, it's one more thing that'll kind of set you apart from you know your next door neighbor who might be trying to sell their home without solar. Um, the last one, solar gives you cancer. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tiptoe around that, um, but I will just say that uh, there is no additional radiation or additional you know EMFs that are sent out by the solar array compared to, you know, the EMFs that you get from your laptop or from your cell phone. From So from a safety standpoint, it's not adding any risk. It's also not subtracting any risk there. Uh, and what about uh, when it's cloudy? What, uh, how well do they produce when it's just overcast? Maybe not rainy, but just a little bit cloudy. Uh, how does that affect the... Yeah, and I, I would add to that too. I, I think Cincinnati, we feel, especially during the winter time, that it, it's a it's very gray. 
Um, and I know that's a hesitation that many people have as well as we feel like, well, you know, we're not in Arizona, we're not in California, we're not in Florida. Um, you know, how would that, how would that work here in the, the greater Cincinnati area? Sure. I mean, people are pretty skeptical about solar in the Midwest. I'll, I'll be honest with you there. Um, when we do our designs, we do that based off of 20 years worth of weather data in this area. So we know that our projections are going to be as accurate as they possibly can. Um, in the past, the technology was only as advanced where you're only going to really get good power if your panels are facing directly south on a perfectly sunny day. Uh, over the past five to 10 years, the inverter and the panel technology have, have improved so well that you can even put panels on the north side of your roof these days, and you're still going to have decent amount of power output. So the sensitivity from the panels, just based on the improvement in the technology, has has you know catapulted solar, uh, you know, a lot further than it was you know even five or ten years ago. So on a cloudy day, you're not going to get as much production, but as long as the sun is up and there is ambient light, your panels are going to be producing. You know, not as much as a, a perfect July sunny day, not a cloud in the sky, but we've seen production from these panels even during snowstorms. So they're uh, they're very reliable and they're also very efficient in that nature. This is just kind of a fun question. What is something you wish we had asked you? <laughs> well, Stephen, I, I know earlier you mentioned um, kind of your incentives towards going solar were all about the environmental impact and, and what it can do for future generations. You know, your your grandkids, your grandkids, grandkids, and we really are at that. Uh, you know, not quite at that tipping point, but we can definitely see that that changes are going to be needed to be made if we want to, you know, kind of sustain the, the quality of life that we have right now. And I pulled up your design and uh, on the third page of all of our proposals, we actually calculate an environmental impact report just based on your system performance and, and how many panels you have. Uh, Stephen, would you be surprised to hear that your system is going to offset the equivalent of burning 65,000 pounds of coal just over the next 25 years? Yeah, that's a that's a number I can't even fathom. I don't even. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, could you imagine uh, just having that dumped off in your in your front yard or in your driveway like a pile of mulch and having to shovel that in to a you know a coal burning furnace? Right. Well, fortunately, yeah. you don't have to. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the good thing is it's, it's you're passively planting trees. You're passively taking miles of of uh, miles driven off the road just because you're having panels up on your roof, you know, produce producing your power rather than having, you know, coal or natural gas being the resource, which, as I mentioned earlier, are, are not renewable. And they're also pretty detrimental to the to the environment. So I guess, Stephen, it, it sounds like uh, sounds like you don't plan or, or you don't really want to have to plan on, on 65,000 pounds of coal just to keep your lights on. Unfortunately, you don't have to because you do have those panels up on your roof collecting sun during the day, uh, you know, sleeping at night, whether it's cloudy, whether it's sunny, whether it's raining or snowing, you're still going to be able to produce power from those panels. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is a question that I'm not sure if you all know, and we can edit this out later if you'd like, but, um, you know, as far as the Duke, the, the power grid that we are, you know, I'm over in Bridgetown, Stevens and Fort Thomas, 
what we are hooked into, do you all know what type of power that we are pulling in from? Is it coal? Is it nuclear? Is it where, where is our power coming from here in this area? So in this part of the country, the majority of our power is generated through coal. Um, if you get closer towards like the Cleveland, Northeast, uh, Northeast Ohio area, you're a little bit of a mixture of coal and natural gas. But with you guys being in Kentucky, and I'm sure you know that Kentucky is a pretty big coal state, I would say 90 to 95 percent of your energy is coming from coal. Yeah, That's the question we've been we've been asking our guests whenever we've remembered. But uh, if, you, if you could share what your favorite uh, style of Cincinnati chili is, we would love to know. Yeah, oh, that's a... Uh... That or might, if you have one, if you if like you it have. at all. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a that's a silly question. Um, I don't know. That might that might uh, put people on opposite sides depending on the answer. But uh, I, I will <laughs> bring be, it on. I will be honest. I don't think you can go wrong with a uh, a loaded cheese coney from from Skyline. I just okay. I, honestly. All right. Yeah. Dan, uh, what do you think? Dixie chili, one million percent. Um, yeah, it's the real stuff. Spiros Arkansas runs a tight ship. You could eat off the floor. I love it. <laughs> Long-term employees. I've known these ladies. They're almost like my aunts or something. And the lady with the hat, you know. Um, <laughs> I've seen them my whole life. Um, and yeah, best best tasting chili. Um, they have a drive through in Covington, which was great, you know, kind of for the times that we were in. Um, but yeah, Dixie chili is the best. A point for Dixie and a point for Skyline, Stephen. There you go. That's all right. We'll take it. Well, this uh, conversation has been uh, enlightening, I guess you could say. I appreciate you all uh, coming on and sharing with us uh, some information about solar. And I'm definitely excited to be doing my part by um, saving the world one, one photon at a time. I love that, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, our, our entire goal is just to, to democratize your energy and, and bring it down to the to the micro level, as as close to home as on your roof. Um, we see a lot of a lot of benefits in doing it that way. Um, I think Joe Biden just released something that he plans to have by 2035 that 40 percent of our energy demand will be met through solar power. Um, also with a variety of other renewable resources such as wind, geothermal, and, uh, and hydroelectric. But, you know, those, those other three usually don't apply to your average homeowner. You know, not everyone has a river running through their backyard or is in an area that gets enough wind where it makes sense to put up a windmill. But everyone has a roof. And we're going to do our best job to find the best spot on that roof to put panels to give you the best return on investment and the most independence from your utility company. That's right. Everyone has a roof. I like that. Well, thank you so much, Jan and Greg. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was great. our podcast today we'd so very much appreciate you subscribing reviewing and sharing our podcast this will help more people find us and join the movement 
And if you're able to support this podcast and the work we do, please head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash justcincinnati. We're grateful for your support in amplifying the voices of those bringing about a more just Cincinnati. Our theme music for Just Cincinnati was generously provided by the internationally renowned but locally based singer and songwriter Kim Taylor. More of her intimate and folksy music can be found on her website at kim-taylor.net or wherever quality music is streamed.